0: The Nashville Chapter of the Public Relations Society of America presents the APR Broadcast.
1: Hello, Nashville. Welcome to PRSA Nashville's APR Broadcast. That's right, I said Broadcast. We're launching this limited series podcast during the month of April, which is APR Month, to prod into the experiences and insights of PR professionals in the Nashville area. Hopefully, we'll provide inspiration and encouragement for local APR hopefuls. And the APR is the Professional Certification of the Public Relations Industry. So the acronym stands for Accreditation in Public Relations, and it's described as a test and testament of professional expertise, ethics, dedication, and facility within today's dynamic PR and communications environment. I'm Carrie Guyton, and I'm currently serving as the co-chair of the 2020 APR Committee for the National Chapter of the Public Relations Society of America, or PRSA. And I lead this committee along with Chris Badness, who's joining me today.
0: Hey, Chris. Hey, thanks, Carrie. Yeah, so I'm Chris Badness, and I currently serve as the public affairs officer for the VA Tennessee Valley Healthcare System, headquartered in Nashville. Uh, before I did that, I did internal communication work for the DoD, and before that, I worked in public affairs for the U.S. Air Force.
1: That's right, and Chris and I both recently earned our APR within the last couple of years, and so we're both enthusiastic about encouraging others to earn the accreditation, and that's probably why we were approached about leading this committee together, right?
0: That's right, and Carrie and I can help answer any questions you might have about the APR and the process of getting accredited.
1: That's right, that's what we're here to do, encourage others, answer questions, provide resources, point you in the right direction, And before we get into our first interview, Chris, I wanted you to please share a little bit about your experience with the APR. So like, when did you decide to go after it? And then like, what is a piece of advice you would give to someone who's starting the process?
0: So thank you for asking. My process is probably one of the longest in the history of the APR. I learned about the accreditation in 2007 and I was accredited in January of 2019. So I didn't spend all that time studying, but I wanted to pursue accreditation. I wanted to learn a little bit more, but I was living overseas, and there weren't a lot of opportunities to get involved with a local chapter. So what is one piece of advice that I could give someone starting this process? I would say get involved with a local chapter if you can. They will help you. There are people like Carrie and me who are passionate about doing this that can kind of point you in the right direction and answer any questions you have. And then the other, if I can sneak two pieces of advice in, so the other one is commit. Start the clock, get in there and make a goal, set your goal and go after it so that you can hold yourself accountable for that goal.
1: That's great. And that is a, a common theme I think you will hear from a lot of APRs is talking about that commitment, that dedication. You talk about your long journey. Kelly Davey, who was actually the first person we interviewed for the broadcast, has a similar extensive journey, and it's very inspiring. Um, And so I was really happy to talk to her about it and, and share it with everybody else because I think it will inspire others to get started because getting started, too, is also one of the big things. Once you just jump in there and get started, get the resources that you need, I agree with all of that. So let me talk a little bit about Kelly before we get into that interview with her. She is an entrepreneur and an award-winning marketing executive. She owns her own company called KeyCom PR, and she has experience working with leaders in consumer branding from Marriott International, Lowe's Hotels and Resorts, Omni Hotels and Resorts, Kirkland, HGTV, DIY Network, Food Network, Travel Channel, Great American Country, and Ruby Tuesday, if that was not enough name brands to throw out there for you. She serves on the Board of Directors and Governance Committee for the Girl Scouts of Middle Tennessee, and she's a member of Public Relations Society of America, that's right, PRSA. She's also a member of the International Association of Business Communicators, American Marketing Association, the Junior League of Nashville, and the nashville entrepreneur center kelly's an alumni of the university of tennessee where she earned her bachelor of science in communications and as i mentioned she recently earned her accreditation and that was at the end of 2019 and i got the chance to speak to her about her experience and i think it's very intriguing and people will really appreciate it so let's listen in thank you kelly for joining us today I wanted to get started and let
2: you talk a little bit about yourself and your current position. Carrie, thank you so much for having me today, and it's very excited to not only talk about the APR process and my journey, but uh, to also just share my love and experiences for the public relations field. Um, I am the managing director and founder of Keycom, which is a boutique public relations firm here in Nashville, Tennessee, that really specializes on B2C communications, Um, having clients range from hospitality, retail, wellness, education, and nonprofit with a big focus on big special events. Some of our past award-winning clients have been National Fashion Week, Music City Yoga Festival, uh, just to name a few. Um, And I have been in the public relations profession for over 11 years now. Started out my career in corporate communications working in Knoxville, Tennessee at Scripps Networks Interactive, and then a junior publicist in their HGTV and DIY brands, and then moved to Nashville, Tennessee in 2013, where I got my start in hospitality, opening the Omni Nashville Hotel. And then serving as the director of public relations for Lowe's Hotels and Resorts. And then once again, opening another hotel, the Westin Nashville Hotel, as their director of marketing and communication, serving on the hotel's executive committee with the general manager. um, And then wanted to uh, branch out on my own. I always have been an entrepreneur at heart and started my company back in 2017, he and it has been nonstop ever since. But the one thing that had remained constant in my career had been that uh, goal to pursue and achieve the accreditation in public relations. That's right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your
1: APR journey. Where did you first learn about accreditation, and
2: when did you decide to go after it? That's a great question. So, During my time at the University of Tennessee, when I was in public relations major, I was very active in the school's PRSSA chapter, and a a professor who actually was one of my APR mentors later down the road, Lisa Fall, uh, she always talked about just what a wonderful process and journey it is to become accredited in public relations. And mm-hmm. to me, it just really proved that you not only walk the walk, that you can talk the talk in our field. And um, you know, meeting other uh, APRs that I had met in school through mentorship programs, and then early in my career, I wanted and I aspired to be like them um, because it was really uh, a status mark that you really know the science, the psychology, the business literacy of our field Um, so once i hit that five to seven year requirement mark in my career i immediately applied and it's a pretty extensive application Um, so it took a little while to fill out uh, but i got accepted as a candidate uh, in november of 2016 ironically on my birthday so i knew that was a good sign (laughs) the process itself took me three years to complete, uh, mostly because of on-again, off-again, life changes. And, you know, one thing that I would just say to any candidate interested in pursuing it, life does happen, but you shouldn't give up on it. In t- 2017, that's when I left my corporate hotel job to start Keycom. So I was busy, you know, putting together RFPs and trying to get clients. So that kind of took me a little bit away from the process, but not too much. And then I took my panel presentation that fall of 2017. And I uh, once I got that wonderful pass letter, <laughs> I scheduled my exam. Then, shortly before my exam, I found out that I was pregnant with my son. Very exciting time. And I took the first exam February of 2018. Not a good idea to take the exam in your first trimester of pregnancy. Uh, Yeah. So in addition to nerves, I was dealing with morning sickness too. So I was, uh, it was just not a fun experience at all. And I only missed the computer based exam by five percentage points. So very, very close to passing. And, you know, that was a little disheartening, and I just ended up just taking a pause from the APR process and just focusing on gearing up for my maternity leave and spending time with my newborn son. So that was the rest of 2018. Um, And then I picked up the process back up in 2019, you know, once I got kind of resettled with the baby getting back into work and kind of you know adjusting to this new routine i would carve out time for the studying i registered for the online study course which was very very helpful and i just always kept pushing back and asking for another extension
1: so i did want to get you to talk a little bit about the extension process for anyone who, who doesn't know or is looking into it When you apply for the APR, you have one year to accomplish it. And within that time, you'll have your panel presentation. So you'll get in front of a panel and present a plan. The panel decides to pass you to the next, then you begin to study. Now, you can have extensions, as you mentioned. So I finished mine, like, took the test a week before my one year was going to expire. But uh, I never looked into that. So tell me, how does that work? Um, How does getting an extension work for anybody who might need it?
2: So the extension process is fairly simple, and you can find all the information on the APR website through PRSA. But what you do is you have to actually write and submit a letter to PRSA and the accreditation office of why you need an extension. So for me, you know, I would say I am going through medical issues with mm-hmm. my pregnancy or um, I'm on maternity leave or, or whatever that life situation is. Um, you don't have to go into crazy specific details, but just as to like why you need an extension. And, and it could even be as honest as I would feel more confident taking the exam if I had a little more study time. And then right. there is a extension extension application fee. I believe that information is on the website, so you have to submit a check with your letter, and then usually you'll get an email saying that your extension has been granted, and I believe the extension period is an additional either three to six months. I think it's three months, but if you have to retake the computer-based exam, I believe it's six months that you had. So between my extensions, And having to retake the computer-based exam, that kind of stretched out my three-year process.
1: Okay, so let's go back to the conclusion of your journey. How did you get back on track and finally get this done?
2: So I received an email, um, and this was last fall 2019, for an APR boot camp. And one was in San Diego and one was in Columbus, Ohio. And the boot camp was geared towards APR candidates that are almost complete with the process. All they need to do is their panel and the computer-based exam. So I registered for the November 2019 boot camp in Columbus and took a week off, got my child care lined up, put my out-of-office on, And I geared up and just studied and solely focused on that final stretch of the studying process and the classes in the boot camp were so invaluable. I met so many really amazing practitioners from all over the country in all different walks of life and industries and finally took the exam at the Prometric Fair. I felt my heart beating when I finally hit the final submit button and when I saw the screen finally say pass, it just tears of joy just streamed down my face. Um, it just was surreal. I was like, wow, after all of these years, I finally did it. And it just felt right. It was one of the best feelings in the world. And to get that notification and to get the pin in the mail and the certificate was just a really, really wonderful accomplishment. So that's kind of a walkthrough of my journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the greatest things about the test is that you find out right there if you've passed or not. That's nice. So you don't have to wait to hear if you've passed. Kudos to you for not giving up through all of that, because I think a lot of people would walk away and say, oh, I don't have time for this now, or obviously this is not meant for me, and get down about it, you know, not being able to finish. But to be persistent and stick with it, um, no matter what, I think that's very inspiring. Thank you. So talk about your some of the study resources. You mentioned the online class. I, too, did the online class, and I found it very valuable. In fact, I presented my panel presentation to the online class, which was kind of frightening because, you know, there <laughs> are participants on the online class from all over the country, and there are you know I don't want to say brutal but they're definitely honest and I did that feedback and I presented my presentation in the class like the week before I actually was going to have my panel and they helped me like I completely changed it up after getting all their input because they sent me like a list of all the copied comments in there. So it helped me completely change it. And basically they were saying things like way too many words in your presentation. They were saying you're talking too fast in your presentation. They talked about I don't really see the RPI process very clearly defined in your presentation. I mean, I needed to hear all those things. And so that was very helpful to me. Um, So that's really one of the places the online course really helped me. But talk about the online course, your experience with that, or any of the other resources, what books you might have used, the study guide. Just talk a little bit about that.
2: Absolutely. Um, Well, the first step I would recommend to any candidate would, of course, be to download, print out, and really review the study guide because the study guide really does map out the exam as well as how the KSAs are laid out. Um, I recommend, too, with your study guide, getting a binder or getting it spiral-bound at a FedEx or a printing shop Um, and just having it with you. I mean, that study guide, I I took it everywhere with me. I took it to Iceland. I took it on business trips. I took it to friends' weddings. Everywhere that I had an opportunity to study on a plane or a hotel room, um, I took it. So uh, make sure you print it out and make sure it's durable, too, because you'll be really utilizing it a lot. Um, Now, that being said, uh, you definitely need more than just the study guide for this process. The two books that I highly recommend are Cutlip and Center's Effective Public Relations textbook. In fact, you'll find that some of the exam questions almost sound like they were directly copied and pasted from that textbook. It is, I think, the textbook of choice for this process, and they really give you some great examples in there too. So in addition to the recommended readings that the study guide suggests from Cutlet and Center's book, I also read some of the real-life stories in the textbook because I found that they brought the concepts to life. And then also, I really enjoyed Strategy and Tactics textbook. I thought that that was a really great resource as well. It's a little less dense, then cutlet centers. So it kind of took some of those bigger concepts and simplified it. And then the research methods textbook as well is great. It's very, very dense and you don't have to read page for page of it. But for some of that, quantitative research and scientific method that book is a good resource to kind of skim through and then also the AP style guide when it comes to media law that was very helpful as well and then other resources I would recommend in addition to textbooks um, is really to school up any way you can on business literacy business literacy is going to be a big chunk of the exam you know Go on the SEC website, look up financial statements, review annual report, make friends with your accountants at work or your CPA Mm friends to just really understand that business literacy part because that's going to be a very important part on the test. And then also, too, go online, print out, add this to your study guide, the PRSA Code of Ethics because there are going to be a lot of ethics-related questions on there. So I found that very helpful. But those are the tangible resources, those books and that study guide. And then, of course, kind of once you plot out a study plan that works for you, whether it's flashcards, outlines, however you process studying material, then I'd recommend taking the online study course. Michael Henry is a fantastic facilitator and What I really loved about the online study course is that it really brings the concepts to light that you are reading in your study guide, in your textbooks, and there are a lot of really cool interactive activities as well as matching and remembering games on there. And as you said earlier, kind of the opportunity to interface with other candidates and give each other feedback from panel presentation to scenario-based question draft. So I just really loved it uh, just because it brought the concepts from the textbook to life. So kind of step one, get the guide, follow it, get your textbooks, get all those tangible resources, then do the online study course. And then what I think was probably the best investment I made um, through this process was attending one of PRSA-sponsored APR boot camps. It's a three-day boot camp, and the first day is dedicated to panel presentations. So that is if you are ready to present your panel, and then they pass or fail you at the the boot camp, which is fantastic. You don't have to wait a month like I did for that letter. And then the second day is all about the computer-based exam and just really cool study tricks and tips that even the the online study course doesn't have, that, you know, you really would understand better in a real-life classroom with APR instructors. And then the final day of the boot camp is half of the day is spent studying, reviewing some final things for the computer-based exam, and then they schedule you at the Prometric Center in that town to take the exam. So for me, I booked a week because I just wanted some peace and quiet to study, which I really recommend that as well for any candidate that's about to take the exam. If you can try to find some time in your schedule, your work-life schedule, to take some time off, go somewhere without any distractions, and just buckle down and study, that will really, really help. Um, So that's what I did.
1: I agree with you. You know, it's funny, I also went on a trip right before I took the exam. It was a trip for my husband's company. And the year when I was taking the test, we went to Mexico. And since it was mostly for his work, he had a lot of stuff to do. So I was just kind of like hanging out in the hotel room or by the pool or on the plane, you know, I studied so much, like just a really good review. And at that point, I had Notebooks of notes. I had flashcards. I had all. Mm-hmm. I was basically reviewing. Whereas all the other time, I spent like creating all those materials. You learn as you create those materials, but then really taking that mm-hmm. time before the test to review them all and go back mm-hmm. over what you've been creating all that time. So a great, great tips there. Another really great resource for for anyone going through the process, and I know that you tapped into this resource too, is having an APR mentor. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your mentor experience.
2: Absolutely, and I completely agree. Having a mentor, or in my case, mentors, was so invaluable. Having one mentor is great, but if you could even get possibly two um, that have different perspectives, all the more better and all the more professionals supporting you and, and helping you with that growth. Um, uh, Amira was my APR mentor from the PRSA Nashville chapter, and she was fantastic. And a dear mentor and professor and lifelong friend from my University of Tennessee days, Lisa Fall, also helped me. And um, I couldn't have done it without their support or guidance, especially during the time that, you know, I was questioning the process and wanted to give up. And it was great to have two different perspectives to from Amira kind of coming from that more corporate background, and she had taken the test recently, and um, kind of just shared her tips and tricks and and would uh, do a dry run of my panel presentation with me. So that was very invaluable. And then, of course, Dr. Fall just really helping me, especially with my APR panel presentation, putting it into that RPI academic format and coaching me and guiding me through that. So having an academic mentor as well as a professional mentor, I think, was a really great balance. But having one mentor that's really gone through the experience that can really coach you through the RPI process and just what to expect, but also to be there as a friend and an emotional support for you, because there are times that this process is going to be very hard on you. But the biggest thing, and um, I know this sounds, you know, a little cliche, but I really have to credit my friends and family for helping me stay motivated throughout the process, my husband, my parents, my um, my best friend. So there are so many times that it was hard and life was happening that I wanted to give up. And having that core support system saying, no, Kelly, you've got this, was just as valuable as having a mentor as well. That's so true.
1: Well, I think we're kind of wrapped it up in time here. So what are three pieces of advice that you would give to someone who's either interested in or maybe has just now started the process?
2: Well, my top three pieces of advice would be study first get that online study course, get that study guide, get those materials, get your ducks in a row and really learn, grasp, understand the concepts. Step two would be get that mentor or mentors and really help run through the material, run through your panel presentation, just really help prepare you performance-wise but also emotionally too. And then, Three, if you've got the time and you, you have the investment, hands down, the PRSA ABR boot camp was one of the best investments I've not only made for this process, but for my career in general. Bonus, uh, we're pearls of wisdom is don't give up. There are so many times that this process might, you know, have you question, am I a good practitioner? Am I even worthy of this? You know, do I have the time? You are worthy of this. And if you put in the work and you put in the time and you believe in yourself, you will get those three letters after your name. And it will
1: feel fantastic. (laughs) It will. So fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it so much. And I just appreciate your encouragement of others because I think those professionals who understand this process and are, are wanting to show others that they have that expertise this is absolutely worthy of going after so thank you for sharing
0: your experience
2: thank you so much for having me and good luck to all the candidates out there you've got this
0: if you like what you heard in this podcast find out more at slash about accreditation there you'll find carrie's email address you'll find my email address and a link to more accreditation information online.